We're continuing a collection titled Made for Miracles. Made for Miracles. How many know that before anybody else knew you, saw you, knew how cute you were? You're cute. Own it. That God knew you and formed you in your mother's womb and planned what your life would be like, knew the beginning from the end and did not have you all the way birthed out of your mother's womb. Because that's something, I've been there before, two times to see that. Once I was coming out and once my wife was there. <laughs> they was both wild, all right? And also both very anointed. My mom agrees, she's here right there. Call me a liar, I ain't a liar, I was there two times. He wouldn't go through all that work that you might live a normal life or a life as lost people live or that you might live the life bound by sin. He purposed you that you might live a life for miracles regardless of how you want to title it or how you want to say it. It doesn't matter. The fact that you went from doomed to hell and dead to life in relationship with God, the fact that you were separated from God, but then you became, you became in relationship with him alone is a miracle, therefore set in a direction to be a life of miracles. So my part of my goal tonight is to convince you through the word of God that there are supposed to be miracles coming out of your mouth, released through your life, in, around, and through you. Not because you're something special or you're cute, like I said, because you are, but because the Holy Spirit, the living God is inside of you to do a miraculous work. And every opportunity that he has to do a miraculous work through you, he wants to do it. So I want to take you to a text in Mark chapter 6. You want to go ahead and turn in your scriptures there. While you're turning there, I'm wondering, have you ever had a project or something that you needed to do that was supposed to be easy, but it wasn't easy? Come on, preach to me. Preach to me, Troy. It's like you buy this little, little three-piece set from Ikea. You get it there, and you think, this is going to be a whiz, baby. I'm going to have this thing together in just a few minutes. And you start putting it together, and all of a sudden, you're taking it over your knee and breaking it in half because you're just so frustrated. Why can't this be easy? Then you broke it in half. You have to call Ikea and say, hey, I don't know why you sent me this little three-piece broken in half like this. You're going to need to send a new one. You, know, you start putting it together, and you realize you need eight screws, letter A, and you go find eight screws, letter A, and you find it. You go to the little packet, and there's four, and you're like, what am I going to do with this? There's four. This is supposed to be easy. You get in the middle of something, and you thought it was going to be, that's what used to get me so frustrated was something that was going to be easy, but it ended up being really hard. You ever been in a situation where something that is supposed to work doesn't work? What I know is I go to the sink, I turn the water on. When I turn it on, water comes out. Easy. What's supposed to happen with that water is it goes down the drain. But if you have beautiful locks of hair in a man bun, sometimes you brush your hair too much, and maybe the hair gets down in the drain, and all of a sudden the drain's getting clogged, and the water's supposed to come out and go down the drain, and now the water's coming up out of the drain. So no problem. You go get the draino from the store, you pour the draino down there, it's supposed to do it right. No, it doesn't work. Why do things happen like this? 
I wonder if too it could be the same with your faith that what we've heard is that we pray with faith and we believe for a miracle and then when we pray, it happens. But sometimes we, we believe for the miracle, we pray for the miracle and then it doesn't happen and we think, why does it not work? It's happened to like seven of you? Okay, make eight. I'll count myself in there. I'll be number eight. Everyone else, you can tune the rest out if, you've, if you're 100% right now on miracles that you prayed for. But I'm wanting to talk to the people that have had problems before seeing the miracle happen, and I want to invite you into a text that I think will, will reveal some truth to us to allow us not to be in that place any longer. My title for today, if you're taking notes, is Miracle Stopper. Miracle Stopper. I want to talk to you about a major miracle stopper that I believe has happened in, in many Christians throughout and maybe unaware that if we can, again, look into the scriptures and see it, that light can shine into our eyes and we can be, realize, oh my, am I doing this? I can begin to let the Holy Spirit change who I am and begin to see more miraculous stuff flow in me, not because of who I am or I deserve it or I'm great, but because God is great. What I, what I learned is that, I'll give you the uh, cliff notes to the text before we even get in the text. What I learned is that the only people, go read this Bible for yourself. The only people that don't get healed, set free, or get a miracle in the scriptures is the ones that don't go to God. Go read and find out. It's the only ones. So I know that sometimes we can hang it up, we can hang up the, it didn't happen, we can hang it up on God's will, he's sovereign. Here's the deal, he's sovereign, right? He can do whatever he wants. So if he don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. I totally get that. But what I'm talking about is the responsibility we do have. I'm not talking about manipulating God. I'm not talking about him making him do something he don't want to do. Ain't nobody can make God do something he don't want to do. Even in scripture where it seems like he changed his mind, he wanted to change his mind. No one's forcing God or twisting his hand or twisting his arm or his foot or his finger or his ear or, you know, anything. Maybe twisting his word. That's about it. Mark chapter 6. Let's read this text and let's get into here. He went away from there and he came to his hometown. Anybody have a hometown? Come on, baby. Mine's Arlington, Texas. What's up? He went away from there and he came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. Anybody got disciples? You better. Now, a lot quieter than that. You all got hometowns, but you ain't got no disciples. All right, get in the word and start getting somewhere, hey? I'll find you some today. Come find me. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Look at us being like Jesus today. Teaching on the Sabbath in the synagogue. Proud of you. Proud of all of you. You're at church. Way to go. Good job. You made it. And many who heard him, say many. All right, thank you. Many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? <laughs> you thinking that right now? No, I'm kidding. Okay, stop. Focus, Mac. Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? They're marveling at the work of Jesus. He's over there. He's teaching. He's preaching. He's up in the church. And he's saying what he's saying. Go look at the, the context of, of Mark chapter 6. He just did miracles in chapter 5. He was on one side of the lake. He went to the other. He cast out the demons. He set them free. He's sending people to evangelize. And now he's teaching and preaching. And their minds are blown. They're like, oh my gosh, where did this man get these things? Where does his wisdom come from? And how does such mighty works happen at his hands? And then... They say, isn't this the carpenter? 
the son of Mary and brother of James and Jonas and Judas and Simon, are not his sisters right here among us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few, say a few, sick people and healed them. Make them like me, Jesus. I want to be like the few. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about among the villages teaching. Did he stop his ministry? No. There's a Mark chapter 7. There's a rest. That's not the end of Mark chapter 6. He kept going, but he did no, what does it say? He did no mighty work there. Except he laid hands on a few that were sick. People often read the text and at first glance what they see is, they they see the text, they see that Jesus went there to his hometown to do something miraculous, but he couldn't do miraculous. And they say the reason that he couldn't do anything mighty and any mighty works there is because of the people's unbelief. And at first glance, it's true. It's like, I mean, it says because of their unbelief that he couldn't do it. But the thing is that it's not really because of their unbelief. It's really because if you go look at, if you go like read the text more and you study and read it a few more times, you're going to see that the unbelief was actually a result of the dishonor. So although it was because of their unbelief, their unbelief existed because of their dishonor. So the actual reason that he couldn't do any miracles in that place is because there was no honor towards the Son of God. And what I want to show you is that actually what Jesus is not concerned about, he's not concerned about your level of faith and whether you have enough faith for the miracle or not. You know why? He's the giver of all faith. You have no faith without him. You have no greater level of faith without him. Yes, we steward faith. Yes, he may give you a little faith. It's your job to steward it. But then because you're stewarding it, he blesses you with more. You don't steward it and grow more. He's the giver of faith. So your unbelief is not a concern to him, except for if your dishonor leads to unbelief. So what I want to show you today is that perhaps a miracle stopper in your life could be the lack of honor in your life. Honor's a funny thing because we want to honor those, generally speaking, We want to honor those whom we perceive deserve our honor. Oh man, they're they're a really good guy, they're a really good gal, you know, we want to honor them and this and that. It's like, that's really great, you should, that's awesome. But my perception of who I should and shouldn't honor in the flesh is not always accurate. Case in point, this text, they said, man, this guy's doing great works. And then a bulb went off in their head and they realized, wait a minute. This is just a regular old carpenter. We know, his, we know his brothers and sisters. He grew up here. How great could he be? Don't honor that guy. All of a sudden, dishonor turns into disbelief, and disbelief turns into no miracles. Because they decide who they honor and who they don't honor. And here's what I'm realizing through the text, is that honor opens the door to the miraculous, and dishonor stops the miracles from happening in your life. So I don't need to go around and be like, okay, do they deserve my honor? Should I give them my honor? Nah. No, I just need to honor It's like if I'm walking to one of the stores without the electric doors. By the way, sometimes I walk into those, they don't work. I don't know what the deal is. 
Did that ever happen to anyone else? No? Okay, all right. Jeez. I don't know what, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. You're like, you're there, and you're like, what do I do? Would I pry it open? I don't even know. Bounce on a little mat? I don't know what to do. I just, I just start over. Just start over, you know, keeps me humble. Anyways, it's like when you walk up to the doors, and someone's kind of walking behind you, and so if you're a nice person, like I'm a nice person, or I try to be, what do you do? You open the door, and you let them go in, right? It's just politeness. It's just honor, right? And as they're going in the door, I don't stop them and say, hold on, wait a second. Have you been good today? Because I don't know if I want to, I'm, I'm holding the door, but I'm about to make a last minute decision. If you haven't been good, I'm going to go ahead and slide in. If you have been good, I'm going to let you go first. No, like that's nuts. We wouldn't do that because you've been taught culturally, just to go ahead and open that door, hold it up, you know, and we don't know if they're about to walk in and rob the place or if they're just going to buy some stuff. We don't know because I don't know them. It's not my job to know. It's my job to honor. See, the thing is, I don't have to be concerned whether or not our elected officials or whether or not the person walking through the door or the police officer or whether, or whether or not your parents or your boss, I don't have to be concerned about whether or not they are honorable. I'm concerned about whether or, whether or not God is honorable. Because when I honor them, I honor God. That's what it's all going towards. It's going through them to God. That's it. It's not about them. So it does not matter whether or not their reputation deserves honor. Because God's reputation deserves honor. And because his does, I give it. And I give it freely. And guess what? It can't be wasted and I can't run out. And when I do, the door stays open for miracles to flow through. I want to give you some... uh, ABCs, miracle stoppers here, ABCs, it's easy, right? You singing that song in your head right now like me? That's okay, no problem. The ABCs, stopping miracles. The first one is actual. What is actual often becomes a stopper for miracles to happen in our life. We look at the reality, we look at the actuality around us and we say, man, that's never happened before. I don't have the degree. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not promoted enough. And so what's actually in front of us begins to come against our faith and become a stopper for miracles. I was driving to my house just the other day and I saw a stop sign. And you know what you do when you see a stop sign? You stop! And so I did. I stopped. And as I just like casually looked out the window, I saw at the top of the stop sign a blade of grass coming off the top. I took a picture of it. Actually, I took several pictures. I took a video. But I gave the picture to you, you know, for free. There you go. Free of charge. And to you, you're like, okay, this guy is totally off his rocker. And I'm like, yes, I totally am. Literally not on a rocker. You're exactly right. But here's the thing. The way I saw it may be different than the way you're seeing it right now. Let me explain to you how I saw it. I saw an impossible miracle taking place on the stop sign. You see a stop sign, and maybe or maybe not, you see the little blade of grass coming out of it. By little, I mean it's a pretty significant blade of grass. It's, It's continuing to grow, by the way. I can send you the little coordinates of where it is if you'd like to go see it. Maybe you'll drive by later tonight, shine your little flashlight on it, take a look, take a gander. Don't hurt it, though. 
See, when I see things like that in nature, when I see, keep the picture up for just for a second, when I see a blade of grass coming through the concrete, when I see a tree growing on a rock, when I see something that shouldn't happen, I just, I'm reminded, the Holy Spirit just reminds me, see, the impossible is what I do. And I know for you, it may be silly, but here's how I, I stopped there, I looked at that blade of grass, and I, I knew exactly what happened. That blade of grass was way down here on the ground. And he said to his other little buddies that are blades of grass, he said, man, I, could, I would just love to be up there real high, like the trees. And they all told him, no, 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 grass stays down low. Grass can't go up high. And he said, no, I think that I can. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. No one has ever done that. All the blades of grass need to obey and stay down here where the blades of grass go. And that little blade of grass, let's call him Jimmy. Jimmy just said, no. I can't be like everybody else. There's something inside of me that says, go up, go up, go up. And I know all of you are staying down here and you're fine just being green and watered and everything. But I just think if I could be up there, and they're like, well, I don't know how you're going to do it. And he said, I don't know how I'm going to do it either. And then he remembered the stop sign's right there. And he looks up, and what does it say? Stop! And he thinks, oh, man, I want to, but I can't. So what does he do? He crawls, little Jimmy, that blade of grass. He crawls inside the stop sign pole. And he works his way up. And it's dark in there, and it's lonely, and the rain is less, but he hasn't quit. He keeps going. And you know, when he got about a foot and a half up, all of his buddies were saying, come down, Jimmy, come down. Don't be up there. It's dangerous. You can't do that. No one's ever done this before. But he kept going. He kept going. He kept going. And then eventually, he got to the top. And he said, look, there's light up here again. And he got to the top, and the sun hit him, and the warmth was there. And he said, I'm not done. I'm going to keep going. And he just comes all the way out of the top of the sign. And you know what? If, if someone doesn't stop him, he's going to cover up that whole sign, and then no one's going to know it says stop on it. Because actually, that shouldn't happen. Actually, that makes no sense. The grass just stays on the ground, walk on it, it's no problem. Grass is not a tree, a tree is not grasses. Come on, man. Little Jimmy, a little blade of grass, you don't know what you're doing. And there's voices like that all around. There's actuality telling you what you can and can't do. But the Word of God many times says different. And I think... When I see that stop sign and I see that blade of grass, I'm reminded that I need to see it before I see it sometimes. Blessed are those who believe without seeing in the natural. So therefore, in the spirit, I need to begin to visualize what God is calling me to do. That I can see it even before anyone else can see it. I can see myself, a little blade of grass, up on top of that stop sign, just blowing up in the wind and just enjoying the sun. All the other little blades of grass, now they're thinking, look, someone can do it. Maybe we'll go up there too. And soon there might be two and three and four up there. Who knows? And maybe someone's standing around you wondering what's realistic, what actually can happen. Can people actually come to Jesus? Can people actually say that they're not going to live for the world? They're going to live for what's right. Can people actually not have sex before marriage? Can people actually stay in the right relationships? Can people actually keep a job and not just be bouncing back and forth? Can people actually save their money and do something good with it? Can people actually tithe when, it, when they're called to do it in God's word? Can people actually, can they actually? ABCs. The B. The B is the brain. The brain is a powerful weapon. Even lost people know that. Your brain can begin to 
try to feed you lies based on where it's been. You know, that truth is that where you're looking is where you're going, where you're thinking is where you're going. We bought baby Mav a little, a little walker, a little baby walker. It's a little white Jeep sponsored by Central Alps. I'm still waiting on the check from Central Alps to pay for it right now, but it's sponsored by them, okay? Anyways, neither here nor there. Right now, I'm sponsoring him. I'm speaking the miracle. Anyways, okay. So he's in the, he's in the little walker. See, you've got to see it before you see it. Come on and walk with me. He's in the walker. My wife's trying to teach him where you go. Sorry, where you look is where you go. So if I'm calling him to me, but he's looking over here, guess where he's going? Over here. So we're trying to teach him, look at me so you can walk to where I am in the baby walker. The thing is, we want, we want to think, okay, God is over there. I want to walk to where God is, but I want to walk like this. Looking at everything else, making sure I don't miss nothing else the world has to offer on my way to go be with God. I want to walk to God, but, but I want my mind, I want my mind to be all about these shows that I watch. I can tell you more about the characters in the shows that I watch. I can't. I'm speaking for you. Maybe you can. There's people. I don't care. I can't tell you nothing about no characters in no shows. Maybe Seinfeld. Jerry is in it. Whatever. I don't know that much about them. There's people that can tell you more about the characters in a show than they can about the people they work with or live with or do life with. They're more real because they spend more time invested in that. Here's the problem. That's good. That's fine if that's where you want to go. But if you're trying to go this way to where God is calling you, that won't work because your brain is down there with the show and God is calling it to be up here. There's a uh, kind of celebrity named Grant Cardone. Don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's an interesting fella. I don't have any indication to believe that he's a Christian. But I've watched him on, you know, the internet machine several times and... I've heard him say some different things. Basically, it's an interesting thing because he got rich and famous convincing all of us that we can be rich and famous. Wild, right? Um, America. God bless it. So he told, he told a story I saw a little clip of recently where he was teaching a, a class about how to make lots of money, and he was telling them that you have to, every single day, write down the declaration. And he said this. He said, before I ever made any money, now this is a lost person, okay? As best I know. So let's take this. We're going to apply this principle in just a second, okay? I don't need you to write this down before you make money. Unless you need to make money, then go ahead and try it. Um, he, he wrote down every single day when he woke up and every single night before he went to bed, he wrote down, I make $100,000 a year. Okay, that was his declaration. Now, he told everyone, at the time, I did not make $100,000 a year. I also did not write, I'm going to make $100,000 a year. I want to make $100,000 a year, or I will make. He wrote it down like it's true, because it was going to be true. I make $100,000 a year. He woke up, he wrote it down. He went to bed, he wrote it down every single day. And guess what? He made $100,000, and way more than that. A lost person knows the power of the brain. How much more powerful is your brain when it's being fueled by the power of the Holy Ghost. How much more powerful are your declarations when you know the Holy Spirit is flowing through you? How much more powerful can you be if you started making a declaration, I'm set free from addiction in Jesus. Not I will be, 
Not I want to be. I'm set free. If you woke up every day before you, when you got up and before you went to bed and you wrote down, my marriage is great. You wrote it down twice a day. How much different would your marriage be through the power of the Holy Spirit? If you, got, if you got up and you said, I'm debt free, and you wrote it down every single day, because I know this, God wants every person to be debt free. It's biblical. And you wrote it down, and you wrote it down, and you wrote it down. What would it be like that, that I don't have cancer in Jesus' name, and you wrote it down every single day? What would it be like? The brain is so powerful. But many of us have these wrong clips, these wrong playlists, these wrong songs that are just playing, we're no good, we're not good enough, we'll never do it, we'll never make it. These things, that, these, these little sound bites of what other people said, stuck in our head about who we are. And we need to let the Holy Spirit wash those free. Wash it, sorry, wash those clean, set us free from that, that we can... Go forward. Wash us free too. You know, why not? It sounds great. I, don't, I want to be washed free. ABC is actual brain. The last one is the crowd. You notice in the text that there was a many and there was a few. The crowd that you're in and with matters so much. It says it in the word. That he who walks with the wise will be wise. He who walks with the dummies is going to be a dummy. So if you're wanting miracles to happen in your life, get around people who have miracles happen in their life. If you want to be rich, get around rich people. If you want to be set free, get around free people. If you want to be a drug addict, then get around drug addicts. This is the way it works. But you don't go make all of your friends druggies and think that you're not going to get addicted. If you go hang out with people that are homeless, they're going to suck you in to what is homeless. And it's not because they hate you. It's because who you hang around is who you become. So I can't look and think, okay, what's my crowd like? Oh, my crowd stinks. Oh, it'll be all right. No, it won't be all right. I'm not talking about witnessing. I'm not talking about sharing the gospel. I'm not talking about quitting your job. I'm talking about who your actual friends are. Who do you invest in and who invests in you? I'm not saying you need to go cut everybody off. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the like cut that relationship off in that, in this. No, I don't have to ever end any relationship. It's fine. It's just about who I invest in, who I choose to spend my time with, and who I don't choose to spend my time with. The crowd matters. It affects us. It impacts us. You don't think that if five or six people would have piped up when that text was happening and said, hey, wait a minute, it doesn't matter where he was from. Haven't you seen what he's done? You don't think it would have changed something? Well, how about, how about when the crowd left, the few that stuck around, they still got touched and healed. How about them? They were there. They weren't popular, but they were there. The ABCs. We got an incredible ministry that happens at Authentic called... Midweek happens in the fall and the spring. Oftentimes it takes a break in the summer. Midweek is starting up here in the month of September. You're hearing it and you're thinking, yeah, I need, to, I need kind of a new crowd. I need to get around people that lift me up instead of bring me down. I need an iron sharpens iron situation. I need to, I, you know what? I, I need to be for somebody, a, 
the, the encouragement of God while they're being that for me too. Whatever scenario that you think that it's in, it's an incredible ministry. It's gonna be happening here on Wednesday nights. Ladies with ladies, guys with guys. It's an incredible thing. And what, if, if you're looking for relational discipleship that will take you to another level spiritually, if you're looking for people that you wanna study scripture with, this is the place to be. And if you've done midweek before and you've been like, oh yeah, that's really great. I'm just telling you this next semester, we're taking it to a whole new level. We're, we are gearing it to intentionally change lives, to intentionally shift the crowd that you hang out with. It's going to be totally awesome. They're going to come up at the end and they're going to do it. They're going to, with the announcement, I'm sure they're going to share about it and tell you how to sign up and all that. I just want you to know about it. Because I know some of you are sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to not think about just what's actually in front of me. I'm going to believe. I'm going to see the impossible. I'm going to change my brain. God's rewiring my brain right now. He's going on the inside. God, fix my brain. Where I look is where I go. Okay, crowd, I got no friends. Dang it. What do I do? This is what you do. Plug in and find friends. Plug in and go deeper with the friends that you already have. Bring the friends that you do have and get in the word of God with them. A, B, C. But if there's no honor, then there's a miracle stopper. But the good news is that honor brings faith and faith brings miracles. And we've seen that happen here. We've seen that happen week after week. We've seen that happen not inside these walls. We've seen that happen out in the world. We've seen that happen in the workplace. What can you do this week to pour honor out better to God and the people that are around you to allow the faith that God wants to put inside of you to grow? What can we do this week to not be like the crowd in Mark chapter 6, but to give honor where people may or may not deserve it? It doesn't matter to us, but we're just giving out honor because we know that when we honor, God works. We just stand up as we close. Honor is a powerful weapon. It removes offense. It brings humility. It opens doors to God's blessing. It opens doors to faith. It says in God's word to outdo one another in showing honor. Did you know that? Outdo one another in showing honor. That means when I feel like you're honoring me, I like, I'm like, no, you can't, you can't honor me too much. I'm going to honor you too much. And that's the kind of heart, not, not going through the motions, not lip service, not doing something to get something. That's the kind of heart that opens up the door for the miraculous living God to work. Because here's what I know. Every single person in this room that's a child of God was purposed and made that miracles would be flowing out of their life this week. Every single person in this room was purposed and made that they would have at least one encounter this week with someone who would be drawn closer to God. You know what? That... That's a big part of what you're supposed to be doing. I can't control whether or not someone follows Jesus. But I can open the door that they might take a step closer. And then after that, maybe one more step. Then maybe one more step until the point where I get to celebrate with them new life and what God is doing inside of them.